0: Welcome to the Chat GPT Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Schaefer, and today on the podcast, we are going to be going into some breaking news and a new product that OpenAI has recently launched. So the new product is called Shap-E, and essentially it is a text-to-3D model creator or generator. So you put text in and it can create a 3D object out. So today on the podcast, I know that with the whole 3D and AI space, there's a lot of technical jargon I came across as I was trying to research this topic. And so I'm going to try to break it down to you in a way that is easy to understand no matter what level you are at in your AI understanding and 3D imaging understanding. Um, Hopefully I'll be able to draw a little bit from my background, uh, helping develop and work on... Um, VR applications and kind of some of the 3d assets we had to build there Um, and it's gonna be really interesting to see how this differs from a previous tool that OpenAI created that was also a 3d generator and apparently this is the latest and greatest updated version of that so without further ado let's dive into it but really quick I did want to let you know that um, if you want to watch the video because we do have some video clips of some of these 3d images moving you're gonna want to watch this on Spotify Um, To see some of the visual breakdown, but otherwise I'll explain everything and Apple Podcasts, which I think is 70% of you, will be just fine. So what I did want to say uh, right off the bat is um, OpenAI has been working on a lot of different tools that they are currently milking us for. And this tool here, um, our gracious overlords, open sourced and gave it to us for free. So there is a GitHub um, with the repo to the code for this. Um, that anyone can go and access and they have examples of what they're kind of uh, what you're able to generate in here Um, and I will say though with this GitHub repo and with this whole open source thing of course it's a super nice token for OpenAI to create this because number one it's free number two you don't have to get an API you don't have to pay them for anything Um, but that being said the documentation is definitely lacking as another uh, blogger Tom's hardware noted um, he was talking about how it's really really hard to actually get this thing up and running uh, Not a lot of documentation open is just like hey you run it on Python So it is difficult to do don't you know don't think that this thing is super easy, but it is pretty impressive So how this thing actually works, I guess a really layman's descript- uh, a Really simple layman's perspective and breakdown on how these AI 3d um, assets are generated is a couple steps so First, essentially what happens is you input a text, right? So you could say something like a chair that looks like an avocado. That would be your text. What th- what this is actually doing is converting that text into an image with something like Dolly 2, um, and that could be why some of these icons look so, I don't know, silly uh, or basic is because Dolly 2, as you know, is like way inferior in my opinion and um, to like something like Mid Journey, so it's a little bit more basic. But... Um, Essentially it's going text to image and then it's going from the image and it's running it through an AI that will turn that image into a 3D object. So if I was saying something just like a gray rock, let's do something basic, it turns text to an image of a gray rock, it turns that a, that image into a 3D object, but now it's just a 3D blob, then it has to essentially put a skin on top of that 3D blob or a texture so it actually looks like you know the texture of a rock where its crevices and cracks um, would go. This is really similar to what is currently being, so the reason why this I think this is important is because it's really similar to um, the strategy that's used in VR. If you've ever used a VR headset, um, you know you put it on, you're in a virtual world all around you, there's 3D objects um, and they all have different textures. How those 3D worlds are created is essentially that 3D objects are created inside of those VR environments and then a skin is placed on top of that, that uh, object like a texture so that it looks realistic and if you ever take the time in a lot of vr games a majority of them because of budget constraints and other things and like for example if you're walking through a meadow and you look down at the ground at the meadow you're going to notice that it looks like you're in a grassy field but when you look down a lot of times it's a flat field with like the image of grass just imprinted on top it's just the, the texture so um, and the more advanced AI games or simulations or VRs will have like the, op- the 3D objects broken out better. So like you would have blades of grass and different things like that. But even then, the individual blades of grass uh, would have like the imprint of the picture of a blade of grass on top of it. So um, all this to say, I think this is a really big advancement in how these 3D images are being generated because this is going to be really useful Um, as people are trying to pull these into different tools and come up with real world applications. So in their examples, they have a chair that looks like an avocado, an airplane that looks like a banana, a spaceship, a birthday cupcake, a chair that looks like a tree, a green boot, a penguin, um, an ice cream cone, and a bowl of vegetables. And all of them look like very fundamentally like their object, not a a very high quality, but I can only look forward um, and kind of project forward to imagine if this wasn't OpenAI throwing this thing into something like Dolly 2 to create this, imagine if, imagine when, not if, this is only a matter of time, when these images and objects are going to be something generated out of, let's say, closer to mid-journey, where you say, you know, like, imagine a forest with a boat and an elf warrior and the sun streaming down, and it's going to create that image, and then it creates a 3D, and then all of the objects in that whole situation are all 3D. that will be able to be ported into video games and movies and um, all sorts of really cool, I think, online graphics and things that we'll be able to generate. So really crazy um, environment and technology that we're going into. And I think what is important to know uh, with all of this is that now that they have kind of um, released and unlocked this new technology, um, it's important because it's uh, it's able to actually be opened on different things like Microsoft Paint 3D and you can even convert them into an STL file that you can output as um, that you can output on some of the best 3D printers. So you can create these objects like in the in the now, in the current moment, you can get it to create something and you can 3D print it, um, which is cool. and eventually I believe that these will start getting um, built and created and used for a lot of different purposes. Um, video games and graphics online and different things. Um, It is interesting. I want to show you a couple uh, examples of what uh, Tom's Hardware.com was actually able to generate or talk about them. So he said a shark and it generated an image for him of a shark um, that looked pretty decent but when he opened the ply in Paint Three D, so that's a file type, it pretty much just seemed lacking as far as any of its like texture on it. So it's just a very basic. I mean, it's the shape of a of a shark, but it doesn't have a lot of the um, doesn't have the texture we we're talking about earlier, right? These textures that get imprinted on top of it. So that was an interesting experiment that he ran. He also did one asking it for an airplane that looked like a banana. Um, and he asked it for, I think, <laughs> he did one that was, uh, a Minecraft creeper and he got something that, I, he got something that was a GIF, correctly colored green and black, um, that was in the basic shape of a creeper. However, the real Minecraft fans, he said, would not be satisfied with it as it was too messy of a shape to 3D print. In any case... So this thing isn't perfect. It does uh, create some pretty good uh, 3D renderings of dogs. Although a lot of times, once you move it over to um, something like Microsoft Print, the resolution would appear to be getting a little lower, and uh, it's also pretty messed up. Once yeah, once he opened it as a ply 3D file in in Paint, it's (laughs) probably can't see my screen if you're listening on Apple, but pretty much. It comes out as like a pretty good looking corgi, Um, and then when he opens it in like an actual tool that would make it useful, it just kind of looks mutilated, like something you'd expect to see out of uh, Dolly 2's images, but now for 3D objects. So I think that there's a long ways for a lot of this to go. Um, There's a lot of people that are going through different blogs and uh, talking about ways to improve this. The thing is, this is open source, so at this point it's kind of like OpenAI has released this to the public, to the fans, and now it's kind of up to us and everyone else to take it, perfect it, integrate it with things, and, and work on it. There's going to be a lot of people that fork it. And uh, it'll be interesting. And so at the end of the day, of course, it's not as polished of a tool as we'd expect OpenAI to come out with if this was like something that they had an API access to and they were charging for. And maybe they hit some roadblocks and decided they had other priorities, so they decided to release it for free as an open source thing. Um, but, you know, we're I would believe that there's going to be a lot of developers that will help to develop this get some progress on it, and um, perhaps OpenAI will continue to release another version of something similar since this isn't very far off from something that they just released back in November when they released uh, Point E, which was kind of the original text-to-image product that they created. So I think, though, the objects might look kind of pixelated and rough at the moment, um, there's also the other limitation that is... Um, It's only really capable of producing objects with single input prompts and simple, really simple attributes. And so pretty much it struggles to find multiple attributes. Um, And even their paper that they came out with pointed this out. So you could say like uh, airplane that looks like a banana and it's, you know, merging banana and airplane together. But anything beyond a couple attributes, it's going to struggle to really... uh, Properly create that. So it's gonna be really interesting to see how this goes, um, how this unfolds, and the advancements. You know, a lot of people looking at this now might say, oh man, look, you know, it's not very useful when you transport it to another software, or it's not perfect, or it's got glitches, or it's super grainy, whatever. And, like, what I've been saying since the beginning is every time a tool like this comes forward, it might seem like a small, insignificant step. But it is a massive step forward because just in order to get it there, now all we're working on is tweaking and improving. Um, And before you know it, these things are going to be, you know, photorealistic. You'll just be able to generate a full-on, you know, realistic-looking 3D dog that can move and walk and be imported into different software. So it's uh, not very far off. And it's going to be very crazy uh, to see how this advances. So thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I really want to make sure that if you're listening to the podcast and you like it, if you could do me a huge favor and go and rate it wherever you listen to your podcast, I'd really appreciate it. Um, Mostly I get positive reviews and it's really encouraging. If you have feedback, I love it. Um, Also, feel free to join our Facebook group and send me any feedback you have there. Um, It really helps me to improve the podcast as this is something that I'm passionate about and I'm just doing for free at the moment uh, to kind of help people out. So really appreciate you being here. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you next time.